Open all his boxes, a box of chocolates Would I know to stay away? Oh, I said, hand off his box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'm Mike. Good evening. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, food in culture, and waiter, there's culture on my food, and food as an art form, and food for thought. So coming up this weekend, you know, we had the art fair, we had the shadow art fair, and this weekend is yet another art extravaganza. extravaganza. This is fourth from its hinges, and it's taking place at 3770 Plaza Drive. It's near State Street and Ellsworth, southwest of the I-94 exit. Four days of events, progressive, local art, and music. And I got to talk to the folks behind this out there on Plaza Drive about Fourth Room Hinges, which begins this evening. And you should know that if you want to find it, it's up near State Street in Ellsworth. There are signs taking you there through the labyrinth that is the Plaza Drive area that has all kinds of other funny-looking businesses. In fact, you'd think maybe it was these were businesses on the moon what with the sort of samey white landscape of, of businesses that are in there. But there are signs taking you to Forth From Its Hinges. You can also find out all about it on Forth From Its Hinges. Did I say that slowly enough? Forth From Its Hinges dot com. That's F-O-R-T-H, Forth From Its Hinges. Got it? Good. So I went to that place there on Plaza Drive near State Street in Ellsworth yesterday to talk to Steve Hall, a curator of the event, and some other folks involved in it. And here's what they had to say. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and I'm standing hearing the noise of art, or perhaps the art of noise, as Forth From Its Hinges is getting ready to go. And this is Steve Hall. Hi, Steve. Hi. So tell me all about this Fourth From Its Hinges event coming up. Well, this is a local project. We're in our third year now. Uh, and basically, it's an annual art and music series. Um, we run for four days, usually late in the summer. And the goal is to find all the most interesting, emerging, unseen local musicians, installation artists, performers, filmmakers, and feature them all together. And it's completely free. And this is probably one of the biggest spaces you're going to see art indoors in Ann Arbor. Yeah, um, and in fact, this is actually slightly smaller than we had the first year. Um, and this space that we're standing in now is probably a good seven, 8,000 square feet, nice high ceilings, and is basically just a huge blank canvas, so to speak, um, that we just come in every year and install. We built some partition walls, and we build a stage and, you know, huge towering installations. I see one installation that's towering. It looks like it's going to be about 24. 20- 25 feet high or something like that? Yeah, I believe it's about 20 feet. That's the work of Ben Saginaw, who's one of the more ambitious artists um, who has come up. I mean, he's one of the founders of the show. He and Sam Haddix and myself, who's always the most ambitious and comes up with really creative ideas and is just seriously dedicated and very creative. Can you give me some idea what it's going to be without giving too much away? No. (laughs) To be honest, I don't know. You know, I know that we're talking actually the night before the show, but certain certain things are always left to the last minute and veiled and shrouded in secrecy. Well, that's actually very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. 
So behind us, actually, we have an installation that's in the making. And can you, can you describe what's going on here? Well, this is actually just decoration. Oh. Uh, <laughs> basically, this is not a, a work of art. Um, directly across from the stage, we built a partition wall where we assumed that we were having the soundboard. But now that we put that on the side of the stage, we're making this into a film projection screen and a light box. So what does it take to put all this together? I mean, I know you can't really sum it up in five words, but what are some of the things you have to do? Um, a lot of networking, a lot of fundraising, a lot of time and late nights spent in a warehouse. Uh, luckily, I was unemployed this summer. So basically, this was my entire summer. You know, Sam and Ben, as I mentioned, the two other lead curators, as well as everybody. We have a crew of like two dozen people that spend a lot of time doing this. So it's just... You know, we've been we, we've been able to rally a lot of community support, which has been really really helpful. But in the end, it just comes down to a lot of man hours. So we have already. I'm looking on the walls. This is before it's open, but there's quite a variety of media in some of this artwork here. Yeah, I mean, it ranges anywhere from you know small collage and photographs to large paintings to huge installations to film projections to mixed media to glasswork. You know, it's really you know, and the music is the same way. Everything from ambient to jazz to hip hop to electronic to rock. And it's going on for four nights. Yes, it starts Thursday, the twenty-third. Uh, which is our opening reception. And then at 9, we're opening to the public and we're having a series of film screenings curated by Megan Rotary. Uh, On Friday, we open at noon. And starting at 8 is our first night of music performance. So who are some of the performers, some of the musical performers that are going to be there? Um, Highlights... um Closing Saturday night are Tad and Todd Mullinex, who are very notable local DJs we're very excited to have. Um, Zach Saginaw, Ben's older brother, who's in Dr. Oscillator, um, has curated most of the music. And Dr. Oscillator has been reunited for Fourth Mittinger's there, sort of a live um, electronic jazz ensemble. It's really, they're performing both nights. And then Sunday we're open noon to six, and that closes the show for the year. What would you like people to get out of this event when they leave? What do you, what do you think? I think the most important thing, you know, we think of it as just a community of artists and friends that we know that we like to present. But I think what anybody just walking into the show will see is a fairly good representation of local art, not maybe as it exists right now, but sort of what it could be or what it will be. You know, these are a lot of artists that don't have other venues, that aren't in the art show, that aren't seen at the art center, that aren't up all over town. And so we really want to feature them in a way where people know that this type of expressive art does exist and will be forthcoming. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We're listening to some some Tad Mullenix right now, one of the artists who's going to be performing at Fourth From Its Hinges. We've heard from Stephen Hall, one of the curators of Fourth From Its Hinges. And let's dig a little more deeply into this event. This event is happening starting this evening and through Sunday. 
Ellsworth from its hinges is at 3770 Plaza Drive near State Street and Ellsworth, southwest of I-94. When you get to that area, there will be many, many signs pointing the way for you. Let's dig a little deeper. I was there yesterday while they were doing a lot of construction and stuff. Let's go back to Fourth from its hinges, shall we? No cheese, Gromit. No, not no cheese. That's not exactly what I mean at all. Did you hear that? Let me... Let me see if we can hear that again. No cheese, Gromit. No, as a matter of fact, that is actually a preview of what you're going to be hearing later on Pandora's Lunchbox. That's part of our continued programming on the alternate moon theories, the alternate moon landing theories. But in the meantime, really, we're going to go to Sporth from its hinges like this. Here we go. Hi there. What is your name? I'm Sam Haddix. So what are you doing at uh, Fourth from its hinges? Well, uh, I was one of the... F- the conceivers of the show, you could say. My friend uh, Ben Saginaw and I, about two summers ago, came up with this idea because we, were, we had just started painting um, and we wanted to put up our work in this coffee shop, Ambrosia, uh, downtown. Uh, but they had this huge waiting list. And so uh, we decided to put on our own show. So this is the third year. Uh, luckily, we've had a large number of, you know, friends and family help us out. I don't think you could do this in a lot of other towns, um, in the way we did it, at least. So uh, can you describe your art? I know you can't do it in five words or less, yeah. but uh, <laughs> what are, what's, what's the medium you use, or what are some of the media you uh, use? Well, I've used everything from uh, this year I'm using concrete. Uh, I've used tar. I use uh, ink, acrylic paint. I, I work with, I like to work fast. Um, I, I go through periods of inspiration um, and then meditation. And so uh, many times I work with acrylic paints and a propane hand torch uh, so I can put down a layer, go over it with the flame, it dries pretty quickly and then I can just keep going like that. We started the first year making our own frames out of uh, just pallets and stretching like nasty, ratty old painter's tarps over them. And uh, we've gotten a little more professional and most of us all know how to stretch a tarp now. So it's pretty cool having a large group of people that are multi-talented in these weird ways. And so you can just grab whoever and be like, help me stretch this or help me put up these lights or help me like frame this piece. And like, they all know these weird little things that we've picked up over the last three years. Hi, what is your name? My name is Leah Bolt. And I see your artwork on the walls already, and you're also a curator of the event? Yeah, I'm curator. So what sort of media do you work in? I do mixed-media paintings, and I also work with photography. And what are you doing to, to sort of build everything? It looks like you're doing a lot of, a lot of <laughs> yeah. kinds of building and working. Uh, a lot of drilling, a lot of painting, um, a lot of running around frantically <laughs> until it all comes together. <laughs> so what inspires you to make your art? Um, really things like this, just getting together with other people that are passionate about art and community events and uh, the people that you meet and the things that you learn. And I also noticed with some of your mixed media, there was a kind of a, a narrative 
on the wall next to that. Oh, okay. So it sounds like travel probably inspires you too? It, yeah, definitely, it definitely does, um, as well as themes of entropy and decay and those sorts of things, those inevitable factors that we can't escape. It's been a great opportunity. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot how to, how to you know, put on a show, um, things about promotion, and it's just, it's been really great, and I'm really thankful for the opportunity. And we've been talking to folks from Fourth From Its Hinges. That's F-O-R-T-H, Fourth From Its Hinges, and it's at fourthfromitshinges.com. It's a multimedia event starting tonight, Thursday, and going through Sunday. You can catch the hours. I can read you some of the information right here from their website, fourthfromitshinges.com. It's tonight, Thursday, from 9 to midnight, Friday from noon to 2 a.m., Saturday from noon to 2 a.m., and Sunday from 12 p.m. noon to 6 p.m. And it's progressive local art and music in a nice big old warehouse that, as Steve Hall, the curator, said, is like a like a blank slate, a blank canvas. And there's quite a lot in there. Music, art, and I can't wait to see what that big 20-foot installation is going to be like. We're listening to Tad Mullenix, who's one of the artists who's going to be performing at Fourth Room at Hinges. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. That, that, that tune, by the way, was titled Alternating Currents. It's from Ted Mullenix's album Pains on the Ghostly International label. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, however. Food being what was in the news a lot this week, being the 40th anniversary of the moon landing, the moon being made, of course, of cheese. Well, let's get started with that, shall we? First of all, here's a song that has nothing to do with food, but everything to do with the moon, sort of. This is Nick Cave, and this is Moonland. Moonland, a very cool tune from his album Dig Lazarus Dig last year. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds with Moonland. And imagine you're on the surface of that desolate moon, why don't you? When I came up from out of the meat locker, city was gone. The skies full of lights, the snow provides a silent cover in moonlight under the stars, under the snow. Through the snow I turn on the radio I listen to the DJ Sand and the night drifts in 
snow provides a silent cover And I'm not your favorite lover I turn on the radio That is Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and Moonland from the album Dig Lazarus Dig. The moon is it. The moon is cheese and we are cheesy. This is WCBN. This is a show about food, Pandora's Lunchbox. And first of all, let's let's first of all let's start again. We're always starting every five minutes. First let's start by hearing the moon is made of cheese in several languages. This will help us to get oriented. This is very bad German for the moon is made of cheese. Der Mond ist aus Kürze. I'm sure that's completely wrong. Italian, la lune est faite de fromage. How about French? La lune est faite de fromage. Dutch, der Mond ist gemacht van Haas. Van Kass. And Spanish, la lune esta hecha de queso. And in Russian, luna sostoyet is sida. And there you go. The moon is made of cheese, no matter how you slice it, no matter what language you're speaking in. Now, you can go to wikianswers.com and get all the information you need. Under conspiracy theories, there is this question. Is it possible that the moon is made of cheese and the USA government, the USA government as we all know them, is hiding the true facts about the cheese and secretly launching spaceships to harvest that cheese and then bring it back to Earth? says here, it was discovered in the early 1970s that moon rocks retrieved by the Apollo astronauts were mostly composed of silicate material, but a little less than half of them, appearing as white lumps of dry material, were comprised of lactose, glucose, galactose, <laughs> non-volatile acids, some free fatty acids, diacetyl, and acetone. 
An organic chemist at NASA was quick to realize that these were key components of goat cheese, and experiments immediately commenced with applying moisture and microbes to complete the transformation of lunar material into cheese. Using a simple isocratic HPLC method, this chemist was able to accurately predict the time which would be required to ripen lunar cheese, about two years. Slightly different microbial organisms were used in the experiments, with the best and fastest results going to Streptococcus thermophilus, that's popular for Italian cheeses. However, the process of converting the basic lunar ingredients into cheese was, at the time, laborious, time-consuming, and very expensive. Therefore, NASA did not initially propose any further lunar missions for cheese harvesting purposes. NASA geologists now propose that the source of the raw material was probably an incredibly large herd of goats from the constellation Capricorn, naturally. One of the stars there went supernova about 4.8 billion years ago, they theorize, destroying the great herd of goats and scattering the milk through the galaxy and helping to create new space bodies such as our moon. Neil Armstrong and his ex-wife Janet and their two sons were the first humans ever to taste lunar mozzarella in a lasagna that Janet baked five years after the first lunar rocks were returned to Earth. Thirteen years after these initial findings, it was determined by an independent research team working under the National Defense Readiness Industries, Co- Industries, Co- Industries Council <laughs> that advances in space flight and chemical processing could allow for harvesting and processing of lunar cheese base elements, loon case, at a significantly lower cost than cheese could be produced by American dairy farmers. After an exhaustive set of simulation analysis projections, what am I saying? It was feared that retooling the American cheese industry could backfire substantially in the event that a future war siphoned resources from loon case harvesting operations and terrestrial farmers in the U.S. were no longer prepared to produce cheese on the levels that the American market demanded. This would, it was feared, leave the U.S. unacceptably dependent on foreign markets for cheese supplies during wartime. After much top-level deliberation, the plan was scrapped, and the NSA consumed all remaining loon case-capable moon rock in a top-secret pizza and fondue party held at a suspected safe house and front known and front known as Luigi's Pizza in Greenbelt, Maryland, midway between CIA and NSA headquarters. And there you go. It's all right there at wikianswers.com. The moon is made of cheese and it's all gone. Too late. Sorry, it was good though. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Arwolf is here ready to help us to face the music. In the meantime, there aren't enough songs about moons or a moon or the moon, as we know as La Luna that also have to do with food. Fortunately, there is a song that equates the tune Blue Moon with a melon, and in fact changes the lyrics of Blue Moon to talk about melons. If you look right up in the sky, it may be, you may think it's made of cheese, but with that rough surface, it could be a melon. It depends on the kind of melon you're talking about. But there it is, in fact. We're going to listen to that right now. You're welcome to sing along. Oh, and it's in Swedish. Vetenskapen har nått fram till de finesser som är det primära. Hur fungerar vi och vad sker det för processer när människor blir kära? Hur uppstår vällustplagan och hur håller den i tukt? Vad händer själva lågan i mitt fall blod en frukt? Melon Jag såg dig äta Melon I skymningsdiset På bron Det var en märklig vision 
kunde höra dig snyfta När jag med händerna lyfta Just hade avböjt en klyfta Men hur det var så fick jag ner en tugga Att glädja dig i görligaste mån Mot vattnets skal och kärnor fridfullt dugga Och fördes bort av den diskreta ån En kyss Och sista skalet det fäll Och äktenskapet det höll Minns han en märklig melod I think every performer should end every song with Don't you? That was Povel Rommel He is the Swedish combination of um, Tom Lehrer, Spike Jones, and I don't know, Bon Jovi I don't know That was in fact Povel Rommel That was an album called Vit Pianot Which means with piano That was Blue Moon Changed lyrically to melon, which means melon in Swedish. Got all that? Well, I don't know either. Me are that. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. We've been talking about the moon, and I want to mention one more time. Earlier in the show, we were talking about Fourth From Its Hinges. It's the art, local art and progressive music show happening at 3770 Plaza Drive near State Street and Ellsworth. Starts tonight at 9, continues all day Friday starting at noon, all day Saturday starting at noon, and Sunday from noon to 6 p.m. And into the, into the night on Friday and Saturday with music by all kinds of folks. You can find out all about it at fourthfromitshinges.com. And we're going to wrap things up. I just went to Detroit recently, and I discovered something very tasty at the Concert of Colors. It was music, of course. Now, I should mention that Aaron Neville was there, and he performed the Mickey Mouse theme, so that's good. This is true, a very beautiful rendition of that. I also discovered Jamaican coconut drops, and my God, they're big chunks of coconut. It looks kind of like a no-bake cookie, but it's got Jamaican, it's got coconut cut up with tons of ginger. It was absolutely amazing. And I'm just going to make a little mention of this from eatjamaican.com. We're just almost out of time, but when you chop a quarter of a pound of peeled fresh ginger that's been cut into small pieces in a blender using the chop setting, then you only use enough water to make the blender operate smoothly. In a large, uncovered cooking pot, mix one cup of this chopped ginger and water, two cups of brown sugar, three cups of firmly packed coconut, and three cups of water. Bring to a rapid boil and reduce the flame to from medium to high. You don't reduce it from medium to high. You reduce it from, yeah. Allow the mixture to cook until it thickens. Reduce the flame from low to medium. I think we got that right. Maybe? No, too low too low from medium. You know what? This has been Pandora's Lunchbox, and you should look this up because you could probably read better than I can. This is from eatjamaican.com. I recommend this wonderful, sugary, coconutty, super gingery treat called Jamaican Coconut Drops, and the recipe is at eatjamaican.com. I've been Mike. Thank you for being you. Again, go to fourthfromitshinges.com to find out about the art, music, and such event going on tonight through Sunday. We're going to round up with another song about moons. This is a show about moons, after all. Pandora's Moon Box. Pandora's... Right. And this is Los Lobos, and one of my favorite ever songs, pretty much in any category, but especially about moons. This is Kiko and the Lavender Moon. 
Thank you for listening. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Keep listening on at 7 o'clock. It's Face the Music with Arwolf and so on. Thanks, Mike. I love that. Three blind mice, three blind mice in a in a minor key and everything. Thanks, Mike Perini, and good evening.
just after 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 FM. I said FM twice. Experimental radio from the University of Michigan. The students are running it, and we're helping. We being regular workers.